Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. God is good. Shall we get into the Word of the Lord this morning? And I want to talk to you about something that actually we read in our uh, reading plan. If you're reading, following along with the Luke uh, book reading plan here that Maranatha is doing during the month of December that will end on December 24th. We're reading one chapter a day beginning on December 1st. You're only a few days behind if you didn't know it. Uh, but uh, one chapter of Luke per day, per day during the month of December, we have done that. And uh, this verse actually came up back on day number two. I want to read to you today from Luke chapter 2. I'm reading verse 26 through 31. The Bible says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, Elizabeth was John the Baptist's mother, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. Isn't it wonderful to have favor with God? You have found favor with God. If you're following along with me in your Bible, look at verse number 31. It says, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. You will conceive. You will those are the two words I want to focus in on today. And in fact, I want to entitle this message, How Will You Handle Your You Will? How are you going to handle your, quote unquote, you will? When God shows up and gives you the statement, you will, how are you going to handle that? Let's talk about that for a moment. Because we all love the scriptures that give us all of the promises of God, the blessedness and the promises and the, blessed, the, the blessedness that those promises bring to us. For instance, how many of you love the verse that says, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Oh, we love that. That's what we, we want. What about, I know the plans that I have for you. We, quote, we hang this on our walls. We put this up on our walls. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for prosperity and, for, and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. We put that on a plaque. Those kind of scriptures we love. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with, the, with my righteous right hand. We love those verses. Those keep us going. Those cause us to want to live for God. I am the Lord your God who, will, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear. I will help you. That's what we need to hear. That's what we want to hear. That's what we crave for. When you pass through the waters, we love this one, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they won't sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Oh, we claim those precious promises of God. How about one more? One that we love. No weapon formed against you will prevail. 
and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. I could go on and on with the promises of God that we claim, we quote, we, 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 we love, we need, we want that encouragement. I could go on and on. The blessings of the Lord, the Bible said, they make you rich and they add no sorrow, and that's what everyone would sign up for and serve the Lord. If we could guarantee that this was all of it, all there is is blessing, and some people, unfortunately, come to God looking just for the blessing. No requirement. Just the blessing. Just bless me. Every day I wake up, just bless me. Don't ask me for anything. Don't tell me to do anything. Don't require any kind of sacrifice. Just bless me. Anybody and everybody would sign up for that. The problem is, too many of us just want the blessing of God with no cost. The blessing of God with no cost. But you see, that's just it. Because living for God isn't always enlisted. See, we will enlist. We will readily enlist. And you know what I mean by enlisting. People enlist in the army. They weren't asked to come. They weren't uh, 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 forced to come. They enlisted uh, because they wanted to serve. Uh, some people enlisted because they wanted the benefits uh, that, the, that the armed forces offer them. And so we enlist. But, you know, we're not always called upon to enlist. Sometimes we are drafted. And when you do enlist, once you enlist, sometimes you're told to do things you didn't sign up for. <laughs> sometimes when you do enlist, you end up being told to do things you might not have signed up for. But you can't walk away. You can't turn around and leave. And being a draft dodger... <laughs> Or being a wall, those aren't those aren't proud. Those aren't anything to be proud of. You know, the, back in the back when I was a teenager, the draft had just ended, and I was not a draft dodger. Would not have been, but the draft had ended by the time I turned eighteen. But prior to that, there was a, there was the obviously the Vietnam War was going on. And there was a lot of people dodging the draft. They didn't like the war. They didn't want to fight. They didn't want to whatever. And so they were draft dodgers. Let me tell you something. Being a draft dodger is not a proud title to bear. It is not a proud title to, to bear. And yet, I wonder how many are watching me today that are spiritual draft dodgers. Hmm. Think about that. Am I spiritually dodging the draft? Has God told me, you will, and I'm running from it? Has God ever said, you will, and I didn't like the you will? You will be blessed, sign me up. You will be healed, sign me up. You will do something that is uncomfortable and inconvenient. Whoa! I'm backing off from that. Then the next thing you know, you're missing a church service. You're missing a prayer meeting. I wonder if God has asked you to do something, to live a certain way, to stop doing something, and you aren't listening. I wonder. More accurately, has God told you, not asked you, has God told you something that you're to do and you're not listening to him? Has God told you? You see, 
When we read in our story today, I want to point something out very, very interesting. Because this angel did not come to Mary and say, um, excuse me, Mary, uh, God would like to know if you'd be willing to conceive a child out of wedlock and give birth to a son who will become the savior of the world, bearing the shame of a crucifixion. God was wondering if you'd be willing. He didn't say that. The angel brought a message from God that simply caused him to step forward and say, uh, Mary, you will do this. You will. That's powerful. Not will you. He said, you will. Now look at Mary's response. Mary's response was not, oh, I can't, I, I'm not, I, this is not for me. I, the, I didn't sign up for this. Um, I'm not sure. I, 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 this is more than I, I bargained for. Mary's response was this. How can this happen? She didn't say, why should this happen? She didn't say, I don't want this to happen. She knew what she was being asked to do was an impossibility, and some things God might ask you to do are impossible for you to do it on your own, impossible for you to, 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 to make it happen. And Mary didn't say, she didn't say, I, I, I can't do it. I, I, find some. She said, how can I do it? This is impossible for me to do. How can this be? Show me how to make this happen, because this is beyond my ability to make that. There are some things that are beyond your ability physical, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, beyond you, that God is going to require, if it has not already, is going to require of you. And your answer cannot be why. It's got to be how. How. How do I do this? Many times we're happy with the you will if it's something positive. You will do great things. Ah, sign me up. You will be blessed and be a blessing. I want to go to that church. You will find strength and power. Preach it. Preach it to me. But what about the you will that requires sacrifice or hardship? What about that you will? What about the you will that requires sacrifice or hardship after we have done well and served the Lord with all of our might and our reward for serving the Lord with all of our might is you will. And like Mary's, her you will was not going to be you will be blessed. It was you will suffer hardship because of what I'm about to ask you to do. Will. She wasn't married. She had never been Physically, with her engaged husband, this is going to look bad. This is going to cause her engaged husband to think she's been cheating on him. She's got to answer questions for her family, for her close friends. She's got a lot of problems with this you will. You will give, forth, give birth to a son. You will call his name Jesus. She didn't say why. She said how. Show me how. Show me how to do what is impossible for me to do. And so I ask you today, how are you going to handle your you will? Because your you will is coming. Sooner or later, God has a you will for every one of us. God has a, has a plan for every one of us. And the plan doesn't always bring great joy, great excitement, 
great blessing. Sometimes the you will brings sacrifice and hardship. Now the blessing is a result of it. That's another, that's another sermon because ultimately anything God asks you to do is ultimately going to end in blessing. We don't always see how down the road. We need to have faith and trust God that when he says you will, we can make it. And I want to ask you today, how are you going to handle your you will? How are you going to handle that? Will you have Mary's faith? Let me read you about Mary's faith. Let me read you Mary's faith here. This is in Luke chapter 2. This is her response. Verse 46, Mary responded, Oh, <laughs> this, this is not always our response. Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. <laughs> you will give birth to a child and have your husband think you cheated on him and have your family think you're, you're loose and bear all this shame and reproach. And she says, oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Listen to me. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. It does not matter what your family thinks, what your friends thinks, what your classmates think, what your coworkers think. It doesn't matter if you're doing God's will. It does not matter. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Listen, verse 38. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on... Now listen to this faith statement. After a, after a demand of you will do something that normally a person would not want to have to do, listen to this faith statement. From now on, all generations, and here we are 20 centuries later, all generations will call me blessed. You're asking me to do something that, in my human reasoning, would bring shame and reproach. And yet, by faith, I'm going to stand forward and say, going forward, every generation will call me blessed. Not reproached. Not shameful. Will call me blessed. For the Mighty One is holy, and He has done great things from great things for me great things it looks to me like he's going to bring shame and reproach into your life he has done great things mary's faith in god caused her to proclaim he has done great things for me so i ask you one more time as i get ready to wrap this up how are you going to handle your you will what are you to do with it and he doesn't come and say, will you, which is, a, which, is, which is another thing. Don't get confused. Don't get mixed up. Sometimes we mix up. Sometimes we claim that we're we have dyslexia. And when God says, you will, we think he's saying, will you? <laughs> like we have the right to say no. Will you? Nah, I won't do that. He's not saying, will you? He's saying, you will. Don't twist the words. Don't jumble his statements. He's not saying, will you? He's saying, you will. And sooner or later, every single one of us that wants to serve the living God is going to hear him step forward into our life and look directly in our eyes and say, you will. 
I will what, Lord? You will do this, and you will do this, and you will do this. But what about the reproach it'll bring me? Don't even ask the question. But what about what it's going to cost me? Don't ask the question. What about the, what about the shame? There's no shame. Everyone that answers the you will with a yes, Lord, becomes blessed by God. Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, and if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 1030 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you and God bless.